Welcome back to the Compound Podcast. This is episode 159. I don't know, Tom. We're going to have to go back and count. Tom was barely even here last week. I don't know if anybody listened to the pod last week, saw the YouTube recording, but Tom Tom didn't want to hang out. He just he just hit record, hit the record button, and then he blindfolded himself and then put tape over his mouth and refused to participate. But this week... Famously, you made me participate to share my screen time on a Sunday, which was like a, a violation of the Geneva Convention, I believe. I it was uh, at least worth it to get you to participate at all, um, and then this week Tom texted us that his roommates are in Switzerland. They have up and left him to go to Switzerland. We don't know why. We don't know why they've gone to Switzerland. Maybe some nefarious banking. We don't know, but they're gone. <laughs> I think I think we know why. I think they went on a vacation. I think no, you're sure. putting sinister. No. That's what all you'd right. like us. Well, That's what they'd like us to think. Yeah, we see right through it. Zach is going to join us shortly. The Go Tigers went to extra innings, and Dakota has an early wake up tomorrow. So we're going to get to start without him. First, going to get it's started not, without it's him. It's not that okay. early. I'm just so tired right now. When golf, whenever I golf and I'm in the sun that long, I just I got nothing left in me the rest of the day. It was uh when you logged on to the to the Zoom here, and it was just an image of you laying in your bed. <laughs> It was that made me chuckle. If you would have just done the podcast from a horizontal position, that would have been really good. Well, I'm laying on my stomach right now. I'm still laying down technically. <laughs> but I knew Tom, Tom would yell at me though if I was on my if I was like under the covers. Not true. My favorite oh. episode ever. Famously, you did one in Iowa from like at like in the morning. I, I think I gotta try to find the video because we weren't releasing video episodes at the time. Of you were in bed. You were, I think yeah. you were actually legally been asleep for thir- three quarters of that episode. I think it was like either a 9 30 or like 10 o'clock record time. And I literally set an alarm. It went off. I opened my computer and we started recording. And that was it. And I like had just woken up. I just opened my eyes and we were recording. This episode, like every episode, is presented by Parse Rum, my favorite rum, your favorite rum, the rum for whiskey drinkers. If you like whiskey, if you like bourbon, you have to try the eight-year, the 12-year Parse. Go to Benny's. Go to your local liquor store. Ask them for Parse. If they don't have it, ask them to order it. They will do so for you and tell them the compound sent you. If they don't listen to the compound, tell them to listen to the compound. How about that? You ever go into your local Benny's and tell the guy to listen to the compound podcast? I do. it. I pass people on the street and I say, have you ever heard of the compound? And then they open their phone and they start listening. You force you force people to download the compound podcast onto their I phones, do. So I can. say download it. Um, I make them go on Spotify and Apple Music. They usually have to download Apple Music because no one uses it. Everyone uses Spotify. Does and, everyone really uh, use Spotify? Wait, can I actually ask that question? Because Tom tweets out the because I use Apple Podcasts. Tom tweets out the link to the episode on the Spotify form. And then whenever I tweet it, I do Apple Podcasts because I think that people obviously have to be searching for the Apple Podcast link. I used to do both, but we switched our platform providers and now we're partnered with like the partner of the platform we use is partnered with Spotify. So the episode always just comes out first on Spotify. So that's why I, I grabbed the link because I'm always just waiting for it to come out on Spotify. But I used to go back and forth between the two. That's some very not interesting social media back behind the scenes on the compound account. 
Do you think more people listen to it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify? I don't know. I think we can. I, I think we can maybe check on the numbers. I, I honestly am not sure. I, our, our numbers used to support Apple Podcasts, but I don't know. Dakota, you listen to all your podcasts on Spotify? I do. Are you? I listen. I, I use Spotify. Yeah. I listen to all my music on Spotify and all my podcasts on Apple Podcasts. Is that weird? Is that a weird thing? I feel like it's just inconvenient to open up a different app because it's they're all on Spotify. It seems fair. But you know, you got your routine. Stick to your routine. Yeah, I don't want to deviate. I'd like to start, Tom, by incorporating you in this episode because you didn't want to participate last week. Um, tell us Not about the happened. Yankees. Tell us where you are with the Yankees. The do Yankees feel- are canceled. The Yankees you- cheated six different times last week. They're done. They're the new Astros. They're cheaters. When did we, when did they cheat? Which time? Domingo Herman, Clark Schmidt. Which one? Which one you want to talk about? Domingo is the only proven because there's cheater. two of them. So. I believe Domingo Herman is the only proven cheater. Did the Yankees have someone who had to wash their hands earlier in the year too? That was that was Herman. Herman's been the guy who he continues continually running into issues. Hmm. Uh, and the Yankees apparently stealing signs. So what's what's going on over there, Tom? What what kind of ship are we running? Yeah, Aaron Judge needs when the guy throws him five straight sliders. Throw the sixth one. That's a good idea to the guy who's got the highest OPS on sliders in the league. Throw another one. Um, Can I ask you a question, Tom? Go ahead. I was just going to say, I want to talk about the Aaron Judge thing. Because it was the worst lie I've ever heard in my life. I don't know if he was looking at anything or getting any signs. But the fact that he said he was looking at the dugout mid pitch or like as the pitchers like getting ready to throw the ball because he wanted to see who was yelling at the umpires is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my, there is no possible way that that is what happened. That's insane. But he wasn't going to say, Hey, he's tipping. No, I know, but I'm saying like, and I'm not even saying they got the signs illegally or like in a cheating way, but that like lie was like, blasphemous to me i'm like that's no way tom do you believe your captain i mean look at his eyes he's certainly not looking at the catcher signs his eyes are nowhere no nobody so thinks I, he's doing I, I don't know what he could be looking at in the dugout i'm not a major league hitter i think you guys might have a better idea what he could be looking at i would guess it seemed like they had a tip that that's what i would guess and he was looking to the dugout for help on the tip but i i'm not sure as i said the guy threw him five straight sliders the sixth one went out for a homer, and then he had another one the next night that broke part of their maple leaf out there. So I'm off the Blue Jays. The Blue they Jays, were, their manager was really whiny about it. So I, you know what? I'm in defensive Yankee mode. You guys have put me here early. I don't like it. It's not a great energy to start the podcast, I think. I don't think it's what our listeners want, but this is where I have to be because this is where I, I'm forced into a corner. So I'll, I'll play the role. You guys want me to be the angry Yankee fan. I'll I'll do it. I'll put on the hat and I'll I'll do the dance. I it mean, felt, go ahead. You're at, go ahead. Well, it just felt like from the Blue Jays' response to the coaches being in the coaches' box and everything that happened the next day, they thought Judge was looking over at the first base coach because first base coach probably had something where he was coming set over the shoulder, or changing his grip on the way up or something. That seems like the most likely. Didn't they come out and say that he was tipping, like? The Blue Jays said the Blue Jays said they needed to clean it up, right? Yeah, I thought that like the pitcher even came out and said like, "Yeah, I was tipping." Yeah, which is fine. Like I said, which I, is fine. I, I think every you, part of it I, is fine. I have I have no problem with 
if a guy on second base picks the signs from the catcher, if the coach as a pitcher, do you have a problem with the first base coach and the third base coach helping? It depends if they're in their box and it's simply, they see me do something. Okay. But it's the ones for me when those, when the coaches kind of get outside their box and like, they're getting these different angles and I'm like, well, you don't get to stand wherever you want because if they can move wherever they want, they could probably get a good view of your glove. Yeah, but that's, that, that's those like are the, the most iffy ones. That's that's also like a uh, rule that is just never ever like called upon. Like this is the first no. time, probably in years, that somebody complained about a first base coach being in a different area. But it's only it's, if it turns into something. Like I agree. Like if they're yeah. just standing there, like third baseman or third third base coaches, especially like if the guy's on second, they go like you know, closer to home and closer to the dugout because they want to be able to have the read for the base runner to send them or not. And that's totally fine. But the first base coach, I don't know why you'd have to be anywhere other than right next to first base in your coach's box. It's a fair, it's a fair point. That's, I think that's fair. I see both sides of it. And I, as a hitter, I've never actually had that where, where there's a tip coming in that way. Um, But the, I know that that's a it's a real thing and as a hitter if you can get an advantage you love it but i could see as a pitcher if you're like hey man if i'm if i'm showing my grips or if you guys pick something up from me at second base and that guy's directly in your like line of sight i get it but if it's coming from not one of the 26 guys on the roster i could see how pitchers don't love it here here's my thing like I said with the coaches, as long as they're not like trying to stand like like way out of the box to try to get a view of something, I have no issue at all of any sign stealing if it's not electronic, obviously, because that's baseball. Like it's the pitcher's fault. Like if you have a tell, like fix it, like stop doing it. You know what I mean? But it's it's as long as the coaches aren't like maneuvering their stance to be able to see the signs or something. That's the only thing I don't I don't think is fair. Which I'm not saying the Yankees were doing that. I was just saying that's, you know. I was going to tie it back to something we talked about a few weeks ago. My bummer is that these two teams, who've got a nice little bit of a rivalry going now the last couple of years, Vladdy had the, the fist pump a couple of years last season. Uh, they don't play again now till September 19th. Yeah. This is this is where you talk about the where we change the schedule. I missed the 19 games because I think I'd love to see these two teams play again in you know three or four weeks because – Tensions are high right now. Then that's good. I think that's good for the game. Yeah, thanks, Ian. Now we only get to see we don't get to see until September. I actually so. wanted to talk. I wanted to talk about the balance schedule. I didn't want to talk about it in this way. Um, <laughs> there's something else I need to come back to with the Yankees later. Okay, we'll see if we come back to it later. Oh, there's we'll there's multiple the things schedule. we can still talk about with the Yankees. Yeah, call this podcast talking Yanks compound. Uh the the balance schedule is interesting because it's had some different ramification everybody is kind of sitting in that window some of the good teams are starting to do what good teams do you know the astros are started a little shaky and now they're playing really good baseball and then you have the uh, rangers playing good baseball there's still some teams floating around 500 there was a really interesting tweet that i saw that i uh, texted to our friend tom uh, about run differential by division you guys see this tweet by buster only did not. Did not. Run differential by division. AL East, AL East, plus 225 as a division. 
I think everyone would agree they got some good teams. I think everybody's over 500. They're doing a good job. They're kind of whooping up on everybody. They don't have to play each other as much and beat up on each other as much. So two plus 225. Only division with every team in the plus. Fair. Also only division with every team above 500. Correct? Believe Correct. that. Yes. Uh, NL Central plus 13. Plus 13 for the NL Central with really no teams uh, unbelievably good as far as record goes. And then you have AL West minus eight getting crushed by the A's. Uh, NL West minus 11. NL East minus 58. And the AL Central at a minus 161. Sorry, Zach. Um, but it's really interesting because of the balanced schedule that you know, the divisions aren't really out of hand, but the good teams had to play everybody. There was this kind of thing where people were sitting at 500 and like, you know, the central, especially, you know, we're, we've struggled. We're six games under, but we have a plus, a significantly plus run differential. We are just look this up. I just looked this up. You got even after the last week too. We're plus 21. Wow. That's run impressive. differential, which is ninth in the league, but we're six games under 500 and, you know, whatever it is, five, six games back in the division. So it's a very interesting, you know, we've, we obviously have played better than a record, but it's a very interesting just kind of look at all of baseball right now. I think run differential is such a weird like stat in baseball, just because like you'll see, I'm sure there'll be a team at the end of the year around like the brewers right now are minus two run differential and they're 25 and 22 and the what was one i just saw tigers three games under 500 are minus 51 run differential you know what i mean like you can see a bad run differential and still have like a decent record or you could see a good record and have like not a great run differential but i think generally it lines up pretty close at the end of the year in general, but Dakota does bring up a good point. The Heat are up 3 nothing in the NBA playoffs, and they would be the first team, I believe, in the history of the NBA to go to the finals with a negative uh, differential in the regular season. They were minus 26 in the regular season. So they would nice. be... That's a nice little nugget there. Nice job. Like, Ian, like huh? you guys are six games below 500 and have a plus 21 run differential. Which would mean, or I think you would hope that it would mean... That if we keep doing what we're doing, wins. yeah, if we keep doing what we're doing and we keep playing the brand of baseball we've been playing, we should, in theory, win some more baseball games because we, we've won some big and we put up 10 runs and we've won some games by a lot. And basically every time we lose, uh, it's by one run. So, you know, not pleasant to go through as an individual or as a player. But you can take some positives out of that and say, like, we've, you know, we're in the games that we lose and when we win, we put up some runs. So all of those things are positive. We tell Zach to just sit a little more forward. He looks like he's lounging. I know. No, 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 no. Oh, what? Go Tigers winning extra innings. Zach walked walked in the 10th, one for three, two walks. He's locked. Yeah, dude, I got you. And now you just sit back in the couch. Don't care about the compound podcast. I got the you got Jackie Bradley. I got Jackie Bradley tonight, bro. He's he's probably the best defensive outfielder still, bro. I it was top seven 
Guy on third, two outs, tied 5-5. I hit one right center. I think at like 103 at – I don't know what the angle was. And was he I playing hit center or right? It was like center, right, center. No, was, was he, he playing center or right? Oh, no, yeah, he was in center, yeah. Oh. And I hit it, and I was like, all right, at least off the wall. Like, And I hear my first base coach like, yes, Jordy, yes, yes, yes. I'm like, let's go. And like I look at Jackie Bradley, just I like see him, and then he's looking at the wall, and I'm like, did I – clip this like there's no i don't think i clipped it and then like he looks back one more time looks at the ball and like jumps into the wall and catches it i'm like you gotta be kidding me and like he leads off the 10th on second base and i was like hey man i got i got a bone to pick with you like that's fucked up you got your gold you're paid all good we know you know we know you're elite out there come on the kid get a knock it's a big knock you walked in a 10th though yeah that was that was a good one it was um it was against barlow's uh, Ian, I don't know if you've ever faced him. Scott Barlow, I think his name is. Throws from like down here, like a lot of um, spin. He has two different. He has the like cut heater, slider, and then like the sweeper or more of like a curveball. And guy on, I was leading off the 10th, um, guy on second, and he was just spinning me to death, spinning me to death. And I was wait, like tried to wait to try to shoot something to right. And I was just pissing myself. I kept fouling it off, like just coming off of it. And then I got, I was down one, two, got it to three, two, and then took a, a heater off and walked. And then Javi hit a three run double. Sick. Yeah. It, was, it was a good game. It's good. Go Dakota, down. thanks for, Dakota, thanks for watching, man. Um, I'm going to be honest. All I saw was Scott's. Thanks, thanks for watching, man. But I did, I would literally just check to see after you're at bat. I looked at nothing else that went on in the game other than you're at bats. It's a good game. Good, clean game. We went up three nothing. In the first, they and then they went back to back in the first as well. Um, Salvi hit one, and that guy, good player, good. Wow, can he hit, bro? Is Alex Lang the best reliever in baseball right now, bro? The last two years, he's been insane. Last year, I think he was top percent in whiff rate. The guy's doing it, his turtleneck is doing it, man. He has a 0.8 and also has a 0.8 whip. Crazy. Guy's good, man. He he wants the ball. He has a fuck you heater when you need it, and then also has a curveball from hell. I love Lang, and I know it's his look, but I'm not I'm not a fan of the turtleneck. Tim, bro, Tim. I know. I, I'm like I know it's him, and like that's his thing now. But I just I I don't know. Yeah, I don't like it. Were you guys the same draft? Yeah, no, he was, oh, he no, was a year after. He was us. a year after us, and it's crazy. He was st- a starter, b four seam guy. Like, hey, we need you to ride it. And then last last year, or the year before, I think our AAA pitching coach or somebody worked with him about a sinker, and he has just completely, completely done a 180. It's interesting, isn't it, for pitchers? It's just like the you know they change something, and they're really really good. And then they not so. Before we talk about the next thing on the list, uh, Quality Mind by Neurohacker. I know Dakota right now, or maybe more tomorrow morning, could be done with brain fog memory lapses, and sluggish thinking. But you need to try Quality Mind. Our sponsor, Neurohacker, combines 28 of the most research-backed no-tropic ingredients on Earth into the ultimate brain fuel formula, Quality Mind, and it's been changing people's lives for year, years now, struggling to stay motivated, looking for inspiration. Quality Mind was designed to support the four pillars of cognition, energy, focus, 
memory and drive. We have neurohacker.com slash compound for $100 off. That is $100 off. Use code compound at checkout for an extra 15% off your first purchase. So we're doing $100 off plus 15% off your first purchase. That's neurohacker.com slash compound. And then that's a pretty good deal. You yeah. get, you're getting two things there. Huge deal. Huge deal. Code compound at checkout, extra 15%. So don't forget the code at checkout and then neurohacker.com slash uh, compound. Um, unbelievable deal there. I got beef with hitters. Oh, yes. hitters in general. Kill them. Because did you see Willie's at bat? Nope. Where he messed with the clock? Yes. Tell the people what happened. He, so he, he would take a pitch, step out of the box, but like look at the pitcher. But he'd he would keep one foot. Put, he would keep one foot in the box. Yes. Then he would, with an open stance, the left foot would go to the edge of the chalk line, but just outside the chalk line. But he, and then he, he had would, he was he would kind at the of pitcher. he would kind of reengage the pitcher by looking at him. And then putting his bat on his shoulder, but his one foot was still out of the box. Why is okay? So we're gonna keep going. And he does that. I forget who was pitching. Oh, it was Kenley Jansen. And so Kenley Jensen's like, okay, he's looking at me, come set. They call it like time, like you need to make eye contact. Willie does it again, like two pitches later. Time. They call him a ball. And I was like, my thing with it is how is that any different than what, like, Nestor Cortez does? Like, as soon as you look at him, why can't I quick pitch then? Like, why can't he quick pitch if this is what hitters can do? That's my that's my we, argument. We have to be ready to hit at nine seconds. I, I so swear, like, wasn't the clock not down looking there, at Ian? nine I seconds, it's a I strike. I didn't see the clock on it, but I swear he was close to nine seconds, wasn't he? Mm. No. So, like, you have eight more seconds to throw the ball after. I do think, listen, I don't, I think that some of that probably wasn't the best thing for what we're trying to accomplish here. Um, and he did it one time in the in the series with us, and I think somebody had to step off. But I don't love what we're doing with the, if you get set twice, when the hitter's not ready, then you get a ball because like most of the time it's not intentional. And if it's not intentional and the guy's just sped up a little bit and he gets set, just make him step off. Okay. It's two seconds. It's fine. But the, we're now we're balling guys. I don't love Balk, balking people too. If it happens with a guy on base. Yeah. Which I don't love, which I don't it, love. That's, that's insane to me. Why does that change? I don't know. And I don't love it, but for, the purposes of, of this argument or what Zach was saying is if the hitter's not in there in eight seconds, he's getting a ball. So if that guy, you have eight seconds once the hitter gets in there. So if he chooses to use all of his time right until eight seconds, you just don't come set until eight seconds. Yes. And I agree with you. My point is that he is like actively trying to trick Kenley into doing that. If that's the case, have tried like these things, like, like I said, like the quick pitch and stuff like that. And they get like told they can't do it. So I'm like, why can a hitter do that? But a pitcher can't do any of their, like the Max Scherzer tactics where like, he'll just hold it till once. You know what I mean? 
Stuff that's like probably that. the first. That's probably the first time we've seen a try, uh, hitter actually try to manipulate it, mm-hmm. and and I don't, you know, I just don't love it for the purposes of the game. Same way I don't like when when pitchers quick pitch or when they try to, you know, manipulate something or hold until you know even in the game now. And I'm sure you guys have seen it before. It's like when when somebody holds until zero. Like if you use your timeout and you get back in the box at 15, and the guy holds till zero. The whole dugout's like. Yeah, Seriously. Like what are we doing? Yeah, like what are we? But the funniest, the funniest part about the clip I saw the Wilson one is maybe it was John Boy even, but I saw someone breaking it down or like explaining what was happening. I think it was the game announcers, and they're like, "He's looking at his eyes, and he thinks he's in the box." I'm like, first of all, Kenley Jansen can see his legs; he's not blind. Like he see you see this whole body. Like they made it look like, oh, he's just looking at his upper half. I'm like, what are you talking about? But um, but I agree with you that he could just wait till he gets in the box. Like, I don't know why he did it twice. It's like, hey, man, like, you don't need to come set yet. Like, just wait until he's fully in the box and just come set. Like, yeah. it's a pretty easy fix for the pitcher. But I also just I just don't love that it's a manipulation type of thing almost of the the clock. We knew we yeah, we knew it was going to happen on both sides. It's like, yeah, because there's like a strategic advantage to it if you can, you know, "Quote unquote," manipulate it. It sucks. And, it's, and that's the thing, loophole, right? Yeah, because it's not illegal. Like Willie's no, doing it's, nothing it's, illegal. He's out if, of the box. He's right. going to be looking by eight or nine, whatever it is, nine seconds. Like he did nothing wrong. It's just yeah. It's I don't, yeah. I don't love that the pitchers are. I just don't love that the pitchers are getting penalized for it because if it's not malicious and you're not trying to do something, I you know I know it's a judgment call for the umps and it makes it really hard. But like, it's tough because guys, like we said before, like they get their pitch before they get on the rubber. So like they already know what they're throwing. So like, they're like, okay, let me do my routine. They're already programmed. Like, okay, look, here we go. And like, if I'm not looking like why, like, yeah, you know, if it keeps happening, Hey, stop doing it. But like a balk is insane to me. And, and and people might say, well, why does the pitcher have to get the, the sign before, you know, the, the hitters ready because when you click the button on pitch come, it says fastball or curveball. I know, but Zach, say fastball in, fastball away. Yeah, it's like fastball down and away, and like yeah. takes takes a good second. Yeah, but if you, so, if it says fastball down and away, and you say no, and then you then it takes, have to go to the next one, has to right. hit another one, and has to say like curveball and no, and like fastball up no. So we're talking about like. 10 seconds. So if you wait until the eight second mark to start giving pitches and you get a couple of shakes, you're going to be screwed. And when there's nobody on base, you can't step off to reset it. So guys have to start getting the signs early, which is fine. It does just put the guys in a rhythm where they already have their pitch and they're ready to go. And as soon as they think the hitters engaged, they'll get going. We, uh, with nobody on, we've had guys do fin- uh, finger signs to make it, or even with a guy not even on second base, we'll just do it. So it doesn't take as long and you can go through pitches. Which makes sense. We've had, we had uh, the other day, I think Steele yesterday threw a pitch without actually Tucker knowing what pitch was coming. That does not surprise me. But luckily, <laughs> but luckily he throws two pitches, really. I mean, he has a curveball. He has a curveball and an occasional, occasional changeup, but like he throws a fastball that can do. Four different things depending That's, on how it comes out of his hand, and then a slider. And so I think Tucker was like, "Well, he's probably not throwing the slider." 
I told I've told people that many times. I said I said Steele's doing this, and I've asked him before, like if he throws a four seam and a two seam, and he said he literally just grips his fastball and throws it as hard as he can. And sometimes it'll cut, sometimes it'll two seam, sometimes it rides, sometimes it sinks. Just kind of you know that's what makes it so effective. Exactly, because it does something different, like you said, literally every time he throws it. Yep, and some like he'll try to throw it. He'll try to throw it to a spot. He doesn't like try to. Right, like he's not just throwing it middle. No, yeah, no, he's not just like, like throwing. Like if it. he's trying to throw yeah. it to a righty in, like sometimes it'll like ride to the up and in corner. Sometimes yes. it'll cut in a little bit more in his hands. Sometimes it'll like kind of like hip shot. Like he doesn't exactly know. No, that's how it's yeah. Gonna... I'm not saying he's guessing. Like just throwing and being like, ah, like I hope this works. But I'm saying like. Like you said, like if he's trying to throw fastball into a righty, like sometimes it'll run in, like cut in on the righty. Sometimes it'll like ride up in the zone and sometimes it might two seam a little bit. Yeah, which is which is fascinating. But it's what makes him so unique. And people wonder how he can pitch with two pitches as a starter. But it's Mm -hmm. because his fastball plays as two or three different pitches by itself. Yeah, exactly. And that's wild. He does a good job of shaping the slider in a couple of different ways, depending on situation, too. And he's been very, very impressive. He went out and threw, I think I meant to say this last week, but I didn't. He threw against Houston, and he had been sick, you know, the day before. But we needed him. We were kind of short because we had sent uh, Wisniewski down, and we didn't really have a lot of options, so we needed him. And uh, he threw that day, kind of coming off being being sick um, with food poisoning or something or the other. And... um Got touched up in one inning for five runs or something. Astros got him. He went back out there and threw two or three more innings without giving up a run and gave us five or six. And it was really, really impressive. And that's like, that's number one stuff. Like, that's what you do if you're a guy guy. It's like you you get kind of punched in the mouth a little bit. You go back out there, you give, you know, five, six innings even when you give up five and you give the bullpen the rest that they need and you don't get out of there after two or three innings, like very, very impressive. So mentally hard to do that. I'm sure like, yeah. Hey man, we know we're down by five, but we need you to go two or three more innings for us. Dakota, how big is that from the bullpen? Like when you're in the pen and it's the third inning guy gives up five runs pure panic out there right just pure panic. oh it's horrible it's horrible you're sit. i'm sitting out there hoping the starter goes nine innings not that i don't want to pitch but i'm like ah, i don't want to come in in the third I'll tell you that much yeah. like yeah. you see like a long first inning you're like ah, come on like we need a quick second one like then all of a sudden there are 50 pitches through two innings you're like this isn't good i don't <laughs> like this but yeah it's huge like and like you said that's just maturity to not kind of fold after one inning you know what i mean like you have a tough first inning it's easy to go out there and be like oh like today's just not the day and like not get through five or six but steel's really grown to where he can make the adjustment and still get you five or six innings keeping the score where it's at and give your offense a chance too super impressive huge for our group and like because obviously where we were because guys have the role of like long inning relief, but I don't think anyone enjoys it. I don't think a single person would tell you they like being a long inning guy out of the bullpen. Because either that, either you want to be a starter or you want to be back end of the bullpen. No one really enjoys anything else. Yeah, I want to come in in the fourth 
in a game that has a five to seven run differential. Yeah. And just eat some innings. And you know, the team and in, 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 it's different because sometimes like, like if you're losing like seven, nothing, like you said, and you come in, like the other hitters are so free at the plate. Cause they're like, ah, like I've each already have, they each packs. already have a hit. Yeah, they're, like they're seeing the ball that day. Like every, they're feeling great in the box, and you're like, this is fun. I was hoping to come into this. This is great. Should we talk real briefly, just briefly, about our friends over at Bruce Bolt? Yeah, love to. Absolutely. My batting gloves have a lightning bolt on because they're Bruce Bolt. I have a pair of baby blues. I've got a pair of whites. They're out BruceBolt.us. You go to BruceBolt.us. You'll see my gloves out there. Harrison Bader, Brendan Demo, Lars Newbar, all wearing them. I actually kind of like Bader's design. Have you seen him, Tom? A little black with the Liberty Bell green, I guess you would call yeah, it. Yeah, I was gonna I noticed him the other day and I, I'd forgotten that he was a the Bruce Bolt guy. And then I noticed the logo on the wrist because that little lightning bolt. And I was like, oh, that's why I like them. Because they yeah. are that like kind of Liberty, Liberty Bell kind of or no, sorry, Statue of Liberty Green. Did I say Liberty Bell or did you say Liberty Bell? I was just I just said Liberty Bell, but I heard know, I Liberty Bell. Philly. I heard Liberty Bell somewhere. I was in Philly. I might have said Liberty Bell. Yeah. I think I said it. I was just in Philly, but it's really the Statue of Liberty. But don't let's not talk too much about his gloves because you want to get my gloves at BruceBolt.com.us. BruceBolt.us. Uh go to the Ian Hap series. Go to all the signature series. Look at them. Think they're cool. But ultimately. Ian Hap signature series, BruceBolt.us. Could we talk about the McCutcheon slide thing? That uh, Yes, that Tom sent us. Tom, you sent us. So this is an interesting one because it's been raised. I'm on the competition committee, not a big deal. It's been raised. Uh, and No big deal. The, not a big deal, the, kind of a big M- deal. McCutcheon said in the interview, Basically, if we're changing rules and if stuff's happening and and if, you know, why can position players, if if we care about safety, if we're changing rules for safety, why can position players still block the base um, at second base, at third base? Zach, as a middle infielder, I'd like to get your take on this. Yeah. Um. I don't know if I would even if I block the base like that's not going to feel good for anybody. You're trying to get it out, and usually I'm in front of the base when I'm uh, taking a throw from second. Like gives me the most freedom, it's the yeah. quickest in my opinion. I always was too. Yeah, you know I I don't know. Like is McCutcheon saying like you can't even like be near like like I'm obviously you no can't because put, there's like, some your guys leg in like, front of it. There's some guys what they do, especially if you're stealing second, is they'll straddle and like as the ball's coming in, they'll drop their knee to try to like kind of block. Yeah, to like, hey, look, he didn't get to the base, you know, as I was trying to catch it. Um, again, like if you go in head first, that's gonna hurt you. Like you're there's a lot of fingers, shoulders, like whatever. Something's gonna get jammed. It's not gonna feel good. You have to take cover with your head, but then. Also, even if you go feet first, yeah, you can blow the middle infielder up, which it hurts. It's like you're gonna, yeah, like you're gonna get banged up too. You know, like I don't it think it doesn't feel good for anybody. And no. like when you try to blow somebody up at second base, if you're a decent human, you usually go shin to shin. Yeah, you usually don't because you don't you don't want to spike the shit out of somebody at second base. It's just like not a 
And so usually it's shin to shin is like the most respectful thing to do, but that still hurts you. doesn't right. feel great. I agree. Um, um, but there is, there are guys that drop a knee. There's definitely dudes yeah. that drop a knee. And then there's definitely like Donaldson's done it in the past. I think where there's a throw home, from home to third on a back pick and he dropped yes, Tom. Yes, I right. Donaldson's yes, dropped a leg straight Tim down Anderson, in front of somebody. Yes. Yes, yeah, Tim and Anderson. like people get pissed about that stuff. That's real. That happens. Um, I will say one of the reasons why this rule is really hard to enforce or would be is because unlike home, where at a catcher at home and being able to blow him up, that was a real catcher safety thing, and guys could definitely drop a knee in that situation, but at the expense of like, being out for six months you're talking about like at second base it's more of like the ball beats you by a lot or guys have the ability to drop that thing and you don't have the ability to murder them like you can't just crush that guy right yeah um but it's really hard to enforce because a lot of times as a middle infielder receiving a throw you're just trying to find the ball you know and a foot falls in front of the base by accident or you know you're, you're trying to make a play where an outfielder is throwing you something and a right foot sneaks in front of the base. Like that's not intentional, but it's still there where your leg is in the way. And this was brought up and kind of the consensus was, let's see what happens with the bigger bases before we go further and kind of figure out if something needs to be done. But I do think it's a legitimate question on like, should there be a clear path for the base runner to actually get to the bag? Right. It It's so hard to, it's like at home, you know, like they had to really like, even now, like if a throw beats somebody, there's always the argument from the other team, like, Oh, he was blocking the base, you know, like, and if we're adding that to the two or the three other bases, like that's, it's just going to get, I think it's a slippery slope. Tom, as a viewer, do you hate it? I I was reading the comments on that tweet that I sent you, you guys. And I don't know if you guys looked at the comments and that almost every single person replied said. Granted, this is obviously the fans' perspective. They don't; they're not going to get spiked. They're not going to get shin to shin, so that's easier for them to say. But none of no, I didn't see one tweet that was in favor of it. Almost every tweet was against it. I do understand the player safety concern, and I think that's valid. But I do think exactly what Zach just said. We already have difficulties legislating things at home plate. We're now adding that to at least two more bases, and God forbid, maybe even first base on back on pickoffs and and back picks and whatever else. It just seems like to me the less legislating you have to do of that type of thing where it becomes it, there's no clear definition. You know what I mean? Like two people could look at the same play and have two and, and have two different interpretations of it. The more stuff you add like that, add to the game like that to me, doesn't make it a better viewing experience, slows it down and only makes it more confusing. I think that's all fair. I think I'm with McCutcheon. Because I feel like in the middle infield, Zach, like you, how often do you really go down to a knee? I get like the feet, like the feet are tough. Like your feet go where they go. I'm saying the more like you can kind of like when you lay it down and it's like your shin blocking the base, like how often Zach do you like not on purpose, but like have to go down to a knee to catch a ball? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like a few weeks ago we played the Mets and I hit Nimmo. Like I was kind of up the line. I took his helmet off like, and it was all, I mean, it wasn't wasn't like I was low on my shoulder, you know, but like it doesn't happen crazy often. 
Um, I think the throw will kind of dictate it too sometimes. Like if you're going up the line, but it's not enough to like get out of the way of the runner, like you're going to kind of hold your ground. So you, yeah, like, you're going to make him go either through you or around you. Um, and so it. Dakota, are you saying foot's not illegal, but if the knee is in front if of the, the bag knee comes down, that's I cheating. think the knee coming down, like I don't know how often you catch a ball and your knee has to come down in front of like where they would try to touch. Like, would you agree? Like, if you're trying to slide in. I don't want to say it's obvious because never nothing's really ever obvious, but like I feel like you can tell when someone's purposely trying to block you from being able to reach the base. Well, like a thing. lot of guys, the, the feet are like your feet are where your feet. If are it's a be. lower throw as well, and it's to the other side, like the shortstop side, like yes. they'll like try to hold their ground, like hold their foot near the base, and I think that's when they get the knee drop, and then yeah. usually it's bang bang. And then that's when like the knee drops as the guy is sliding and that's when shit gets fucked up. Yeah. And that's what I, I think it'd be very tough to tell what's intentional and what's not, but I just feel like there are some occasions where like you'll see guys literally like plant that knee in front of the base yeah. and a guy's like sliding in and his hand goes straight into his shin. And it's like, well, what's right. the base runner supposed to do? Like right. he can't reach around them. Right. I mean, Anytime though you like, give the umpires the ability to start legislating based on what they think players are intending to do, yes, it's a very slippery slope. Though. I agree. I, think, it, I, I agree. Think, yeah, I think it's hard because as much as the rules have changed in the last few years, and probably for a better a better um, viewing product and a smoother game, you just you don't want every part of the game to have like this perfect written rule and to be legislating everything that happens at every spot i agree yeah. i think we're good on rule changes for a few years do you know who is also good on rules changes for a few years sea geek sea geek and if you don't know what sea geek is they're a ticketing app that makes buying tickets super simple with over 28 million downloads sea geek is the number one rated ticketing app there are more than seventy thousand events every single day Every single day on SeatGeek, they always want to make sure that you're getting a good deal. So when you're on the app, look for the green dots. Green's good, and red is bad. Bad. Green, good. Red, bad. Green, go. Red, stop. Every ticket is backed by their buyer guarantee, and SeatGeek's the only site that lets you return tickets ahead of the event with swaps. That's a big deal. Swaps, big deal. Use code compound, $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek, $20 off. First purchase, promo code compound. Click the link in the description to download the app. Tom. Yes. I want to come back to you, Tom. I was hoping I could make it out of here without any more Yankees discussion. Do you feel bad? Do I feel bad about what? Do you feel bad about your booze? Feel bad about yes. your booze now? Oh yeah, you 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 big leagued me on that text too. I I listen. Uh, so what, he did. He did. I forgot about that. He did. Right, context for the listeners: Aaron Hicks was released, uh, was DFA'd by the Yankees, I believe Saturday. Dakota put in our group chat. You know, Tom, how do you feel about your booing? I knew whatever response I gave was not going to be well. There was no response that was going to be well received. So I decided silence was the best method. In that situation, but um, I didn't ask a question. I said, "Congrats, Tom! Your booing cost a man his job." That was my text. I, 
I here's what I would say. Aaron Hicks is still entitled to the $27.6 million remaining on his contract. Uh, I obviously empathize with him as a human being, but he was paid a obviously, lot of money. Do your booze say you said obviously you empathize with him? Do your boo does your booing in the stadium signal that you have empathy for the man? I see to me, I think I can, but I, I know you guys feel that booing means that I think of him as you know, a circus performer who should perform Dirt. for me. That's that's not how I feel. I was frustrated with his performance. I, In fact, I was hoping to use the booze as a way to maybe get him off the team. So it was effective in that it way. It did work. I, the, I, again, I'm, he said that I, I saw this quote and I did feel a, a twinge of, of sadness when I saw it, that he said the best time of my career was being a Yankee. So I, I feel bad for him that that part of his life is over. But again, I don't I think about the twenty seven point six million dollars he's still going to receive and the fact that he was making a lot of money and unfortunately was not playing up to the expectations of a contract like that. And unfortunately, that's the reality of baseball. I can't wait until he clears waivers, accepts his assignment and he gets called back up in uh, September and then he makes the playoff roster and then you go to the playoffs and he hits a game seven homer in the ALCS to send you to the World Series. And you're not allowed to cheer. You can't cheer for him. You can't clap. Yep. You can't even watch the World Series if that happens. You're not allowed to watch. <laughs> Any at bat that Aaron Hicks has in a Yankees uniform from here on out, I want you to turn your TV off. You can't watch. That's the new rule. I hope he makes it back. Oh, I hope he makes it back. I hope he makes it back, too. That'd be No, you don't. Him. You <laughs> You just said you, you were hoping he would get released. <laughs> I was I was hoping he would get DFA because he wasn't playing well. Actually, I to be fair to him, it was the DFA came at a tough time. He had probably had his best week as a Yankee in about four years. He was actually hitting pretty well as of recently, but still on like was 207, I believe, since the start of the 2020 season. Just not gonna get it done, respectfully to him. Is Eric Jones the best player ever? Ever, bro. He He's, won his. What did some? What? How many player of the weeks have he won? This is his fifth or sixth. Who? Aaron Judge. Yeah, ever heard yeah, of him? I mean, it's easy Seven? to player of the weeks when you're getting signs relayed to you from your coaches. <sighs> I'm just saying. I'm just can saying. We move, the Yankees, a lot move? of sticky stuff going around. Uh, Literally and figuratively, huh? I don't love it. I was with my father all weekend. You're looking at the only person in America who does not like the pitch clock. He says the games are too quick. He, he's used to, he's like, I like to be able to go. He likes to check in on the basketball games, likes to check in the hockey game, come back. He said it's all, it's too quick now for him. This is also sure. a man, though, who went to the Grand Canyon and called it a hole in the ground. So he might just be the man of unpopular opinions. This is Mr. P. This is Mr. P. Yes, he, he's not a fan of the Grand Canyon, not a fan of the new the pitch clock. Mr. P, we got to clean it up. Pitch clock's the greatest thing to ever happen in baseball. He wanted me to tell you this. I, I love the pitch clock. I think it's so such a much better product. I might not agree with his take, but I respect it. Thank I do respect that take that he wants more baseball. He's like, I want it to take longer. That's misses, fair. He says he misses the, he, he's, you know, for, he said for 50 years, he's been watching three hour games. Now everything's like two ten. He doesn't like it anymore. So I love it. That's fair. How long was uh, our, our game felt like forever tonight? I bet you it was barely over three hours. Should we do screen time for the people? 
I can't believe we didn't talk about golf. There was actually a great golf story this week, and we didn't talk about it. We can't talk live. We don't talk live. We're a, we're a PGA pod. But block. I was talking block. But, but block was an amazing. Oh story. yeah, dude. The ace. The getting invited back. Are you kidding me? Or not invited back? Not invited back. Invited this weekend. How sick They're was playing he playing like, in that Florida in or in Texas? What? He said when he made it, when he when he holed out, and he, at the end he was like, "Did that go in, Rory?" That's like, like gotta be the sickest thing to be like, "Hey, he's Rory, like, Rory, did that go in?" He's like, "Rory, that didn't go in." Like, Rory, that did not go in. So sick. I think it's really cool. Um, like Rory was even like, "Bro, this is awesome." Like they are, they were so bought in on it. Um, like Brooks, Brooks said something to him about buying drinks because he got home one. Like he's played in a bunch, but. I don't know if you guys watch his interviews. He was so like grateful for everything. He's just like, there's nothing that is going to make this any better. Like this is the greatest week of my life. I mean, what an amazing, what an amazing experience. And like the fact that he was able to hang with those dudes for four days. And I know that it was like, what was he two? Was he one over? Yeah. And then he made that putt. one over. He made that putt on 18. That He finished one over. He made that putt. He made the, the hole in one. And like he could have easily been four or five over and like kind of had it fall apart on him. But the fact that he made that hole out and like hung, he hung in there for four days with the best players in the world is so incredible. Well, that putt on <laughs> 18, so incredible. the putt on 18 was to clinch uh, his invitation to next year's PJ. So yes. next year's PJ. Did you and see the him story, too? The story's so good. They already invited him to Colonial next week in Fort Worth. And then they also invited him to the RBC in Canada. So he has two events that he can play in. The dudes, you know, played in a bunch of these things and, you know, made a couple cuts, but like he, you know, he works in a, he's a golf professional. And now he's got a chance to make, Three checks if he can, you know. Cashed a $288,000 check. And did you guys see when he was talking with Emmelman on Saturday, they said, oh, so you charge $125 for 45 minutes? And he said, that's my old rate. It's 150 for an hour now. So they didn't even <laughs> on his own website. They didn't even have the right yeah. rate for what, it, for what it was. He had to correct it. Yeah, it's just absolutely nuts. And like so that's such a cool thing about golf. And this isn't a golf podcast, but I will say with this whole golf rollback, the golf ball rollback and the talking about having the tour pros play a different ball than everybody else. Like this is why golf is so cool. And the ability for the kid that plays in college to go out to the masters and be in it until the last day. And this dude who's a, you know, club pro to go out and hang with the best guys in the world for a week. Like, that is what makes golf so cool is that the guys that do it on the weekends at home and shoot a million play with the same equipment or close to the same equipment as, or the same rules as what the guys do on tour when they play in major championships. And like, it's a really cool part of golf and I don't think they should take that away. Zach, you should see me today. I was dialed. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't get to, I didn't get a chance to respond. Look at you. You're dialed. Huh? I got the you said you need to work on the wedges. I'm telling you, man, if I can get off the tee, I I still hit the low stinging drivers. So they only go like 270. But I hit my irons so far and I just hit some shots today that I was like, man, and I don't I knock on wood. I'm going to do it next time I go now. But I don't hit any like, you know, the topped ones or like the far shanks one way or the other. Like, 
I'm kind of locked. You're golfing your ball. Dude, I hit a couple like back spinners today, like sat it down from a hundred out. I was like, I'm Whoa. I'm ready for the tour. Like, this is it. I'm I'm Get ready this to guy go. out there. And Get you know the Kirkland putter's rolling it. You know the Kirk the Scotty Kirkland? Oh. That thing is <laughs> rolling the rock. We it's just the driver. Have- Guy, you gotta get up tomorrow. We gotta let we gotta let the people go. We gotta talk about screen time. I love your golf games tight. Sloan is the world's leading manufacturer of commercial plumbing systems. Companies at the forefront of the green building movement and provide smart, sustainable, and hygienic restroom solutions by manufacturing water proficient products, including flushometers, faucets, sink systems, soap dispensers, and fixtures for commercial, industrial, and institutional markets worldwide. To learn more, Sloan.com. I am going to start with mine and get it out of the way. Tough day for me. Off day. Was on my phone too much. 426. That 426 on an off day is pretty impressive. Especially for oh. a full day. When was Did you golf? Today? I didn't golf. You golf? No. Sounds terrible. Sounds like the worst we, off day ever. Doing a lot <sighs> today. We had, we had a charity event at night at Wrigley. I would have beat Ian too, but I spent an hour just laying on my phone waiting to start recording. So four fifty-eight, and that's Zach's fault. Four fifty-eight. It is. It is, it is. I it mean, is. they they won at least. If they would have lost, I'd be more upset. It's, I mean, I'm down with that. It's all good. Um, I three thirty-four. Congrats on a good day. You just you be texting it. people though, man. You deserve it. You just be texting. But he doesn't. He doesn't respond to you in your good golf day, does he? Come no, it's sad. sad to see. Really. Kind of messed up. Started. Kind of messed up. Tom, I, seven, I think I texted it though, like when he was probably seven, out what? there for BP. Seven sixteen. Seven sixteen, huh, Tom? That's not bad. That's yeah. not a bad day. That's what happens when your roommates go to the zone. We get it. It's all right. That's episode one sixty, maybe one fifty nine. Tom says one sixty of the Compound Podcast presented by Parse Rum. Go to Benny's, get your Parse. Ask about Parse. Take your Parse. Take the three year put it in a little pina colada drink because it's getting warm outside take the eight year sip it on the rock take the 12 year drink it neat do whatever you want parsley rum go to the bennies we'll see you next week for episode 161 of the compound podcast presented by parsley